Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Killing Eve After Show on AfterBuzz TV. This is Season 4, Episode 4. I'm sorry, Season 3, Episode 4, appropriately titled Still Got It. We have a lot to discuss so much. Everyone knows I'm a Nico fan, so... There's a lot to say. Uh, but first, I'm Mia. I'm a murder mystery and thriller super fan. So that's who I am. Of course, we're here with Erica, our resident baddie. What's up, Erica? What's up, party people? Hey, you guys. Yes, so excited to be here. So, Erica, what are your overall thoughts about this episode? Because a lot went down. Um, I like this episode a lot. It was sort of um, a slower paced episode, I guess. But I think they did a lot with the story. So I liked it. I enjoyed it. How about That's you? That's good. That's really good. Yeah. I um, So, well, two things for me. First, I went on last week, actually. I know you're doing the live chat. I went on to look at all the comments that everybody la- left last week. And I have to say, we have some incredible viewers out there. You guys are awesome. I love seeing your predictions and your thoughts. And um, I loved what Heather Lamb said this, and I thought this was really cool to point out. She said, so far in the season, I feel like we're seeing an arrogance in Eve that rivals Villanelle's arrogance. I thought that was a really good point. And then um, Missy S. Massad said, uh, because we were talking about the buses, remember Erica, about the UK buses with the kiss? And she said, I'm in the UK. Trust a bus would have stopped and the police would have come because every bus has CCTV. So good thing we have our fans out there watching for us. Indeed, indeed. So good. Um, And then also, this is my second thing before we move on. So a little surprise. So I watched the show with my boyfriend, right? And he wanted me to mention to you guys tonight because I did not realize this. So I went to London in February for the first time ever. And I brought back this little magnet. This is London and it's a double-decker bus. And after the episode, after we finished, he went to the fridge and he was like, oh my gosh, do you realize you literally have a Constantine magnet on the fridge? And I was like, oh my gosh, he's listening. Um, so, <laughs> so just a fun little story for you guys. Just remember, you know, not to have London magnets on your fridge. Everything's cool. So um, first things first, we see our guy Nico go home. This is a painful one to discuss. So Erica, what were your thoughts on the scene? Of course, before we see the ending of the whole episode, and then also now that you have seen it, just what is everything that was going through your mind the first time you watched it? <laughs> I don't know. I think it was interesting to see Nico sort of in this country setting, kind of getting away from everything. Um, so I thought it was interesting the way it was set up. Uh, and I definitely feel like I didn't really think he was sending those text messages to Villanelle because he didn't seemed like he was at that space so it was interesting how they you know showed us kind of what happened but yeah um I liked kind of how they set things up with him and we get an idea of kind of what he's doing you know in Poland so that was cool yeah that was super cool I all I have to say is I you know how I feel about Nico I know not everybody agrees I loved him 
loved yes past tense um but I was just so excited to start the episode with him I was like yes Nico's gonna get the justice he deserves give this man a full episode that's where I thought it was going <laughs> of course clearly not where it where it ended but um and it's so funny you say that clearly you're smarter because I saw that it was like I was excited I was like oh my gosh and in my head, I was like, he, you're right. Like, he's not in the right mental space to be like, Eve, come back, all that stuff. He basically hated her last time they talked and didn't tell her that he was checking out of the ward. But I was like, wow, he's coming around because I loved seeing him in like season one, not so much season two, but just the love he had for Eve and how supportive he was, other than the fact that like, it, it was a dangerous job. That was when he started kind of being like, okay, like, what are you doing? What's going on? But this is right. the thing. Like, I'm all for an independent woman being in love and following her dreams. But in a partnership, you cannot lie, especially about killing people. So Eve knows this. She <laughs> talks about this this episode. I'm like, thank God she realizes this. But anyways, um, I had no idea anything was up. So the end was definitely shocking for me. But next thing we see, we see Eve waking up in this office that she's been working at. And I thought it was definitely an interesting juxtaposition um, because we see kind of Nico making himself at home, coming back, just being, you know, popular guy, but just like, you know, on his stomping grounds, he's doing good, getting himself back together. And then we see like Eve air drying her BO, which I thought was so funny. Um, So in her eye was still like clearly bruised. I was like, oh, this girl is a hot mess. So what do you think about Eve in that scene? And also the present that she gets for her birthday. Um, it was interesting. Like I didn't understand why, like she has a place. So I didn't get what was so urgent where she had to like sleep there or whatever. Um, but maybe she didn't feel safe in her own apartment, I guess. Um, so that was one thing I thought that was interesting because I wasn't sure why she really actually had to sleep there. So that part, I still wasn't sure at the end. Like, okay. Why does she have to sleep at the office? Um, but otherwise, yeah, I thought it was really interesting to see how, you know, like there's always that person who sleeps at the office and they think that nobody knows and really everybody at the office knows. Nobody's saying anything. So I thought kind of how they played that was really interesting. For sure. I love that. You said there's always that one person who sleeps in the office. That's funny. Yeah. And yeah, for sure. That girl's up to You're right. I didn't think about that. Why is it so urgent that she couldn't sleep at home? Very good point. If you guys know out in the chat or you have any observations, let us know. Um, I mean, I think maybe she didn't feel safe, I guess, because she knew obviously that Villanelle had been there or, you know, maybe yeah. she wasn't happy at her place or, you know, she just wants to feel like she's working so hard. I, you know, I don't know. But that part where I was like, okay, she doesn't have to sleep there, like really. So, <laughs> Eva, get yourself together, girl. So, Erica, what did you think about that present, that double-decker present? <laughs> that was funny and cute. And it was interesting how upset she got by it and how she just wouldn't, um, you know. It was, it, was, it was a fun scene, I think, because she was so, you know, sort of angry, but then, you know, obviously flattered that she got something for her birthday, so. Yeah. Because all I was thinking was, Nico didn't say happy birthday. He's out here texting her. He didn't say anything. <laughs> but clearly it wasn't Nico. Um, but oh, I, that's true. I didn't think about that, but that's a good point. Yeah. I was like, dang. I was like, maybe he's being spiteful. I don't know. But I don't know. I, it was fun. Like, I liked the reaction. I did love um, Sandra O's acting and how you see her, like, she's like, oh, because she knows who it's from. And then she's kind of, like, angry and she goes to that space. But funny enough, 
listen, I love drama, all right? Especially TV shows. But I thought this seems a little too dramatic for me, actually. Like with the cake and throwing it over the edge, I was like, please, I'm so tired of this. Like, is this going to happen every time whether she gets a present from her or like she sends something to Villanelle? Like, is this what's going to happen every time? And I just don't know. Could you imagine literally every time you get a cake from your girlfriend or your boyfriend and you're just scared to open it? But I do have to say Villanelle is good at gifts. I mean, I thought that was a really beautiful cake. So Yeah, I thought the cake was super cute. And um, yeah, it was interesting. Like, yeah, like I don't think she was afraid to open it, but I feel like she just, you know. She was afraid to open her emotions. She was afraid of that <laughs> Pandora's box. Not so much the present. That's a good point. Exactly. So, or, or I think she just didn't want to open it in front of others, really. Yeah. I feel like she already knew it was from Villanelle. And, you know, like, I don't think she was that sort of um, freaked out by it. But just it's interesting to see how she's still hearing, I guess, so much anger or whatever. So, yeah, you're so right. Totally agree there. Um, so next in the next scene, we see that clearly. Hello, it's Eve's birthday. So she spends it with Jamie, kind of takes pity on her. Um, and we finally know his name because I know we, for the first like three episodes he, were, he was in. We were like, do, do they ever say his name? What's his name? Um, but how are we liking Jamie? And how did we like this scene? Where see them interact. And I'm definitely enjoying kind of uh, how they're growing, I guess, as a team, et cetera. So that part is cool. Yes, I totally agree. Um, so one thing that I liked about the scene, I actually really like the scene. So I think that them going back and forth was like one of the most true and genuine interactions and moments that touched me in a while. Like it, I think there's a lot of like dramatic flares going on. So I think that this was like uh, really down to earth and how they went back and forth and like tried to outdo one another, or at least share um, some dark things they've gone through. And I think this is going to open up a new level with them in their relationship between him and her um, about how much they'll reveal to each other. Cause I definitely think there was a wall before. And the first thing that did cross my mind was, okay, wait, are they about to hook up? What's going on? So as you know, <laughs> we stand writers, producers, executive producers, and for, Oh, like if you're watching this, we want it to happen. We love it. Um, but I did like what he said when he said, um, you're like a sad teenager waiting for a like on Instagram. It's true. I'm like, y'all are grown women. If you like each other, if you don't just like, say something I don't know but you know it wouldn't be a tv show um so it looks like we have some chats in uh some comments in the chat Erica do you want to read them um yeah I just pulled the chat up a second ago so um okay tailored is not what I wanted I wanted Nico to be a spy not to be murdered even though he does bore me so just so that you know <laughs> I'm not out here trying to kill Nico that was even I don't want Nico to have a painful death, even though, you know, yeah, he didn't add much to the storyline, but I did not want him to go so painfully. I will say that. Um, so shout out to Taylor. Uh, and then ER's grandpa, shout out to you. Um, it's, and he, ER's grandpa says, it seemed like she thought, um, she knew that it was from Villanelle, speaking of Eve and the gift. And she said, and he says, um, it seemed like she thought it might explode, so she opened it on the roof because she knew who sent it. And mm. I thought she went to the roof more so, like, for privacy, but I agree. Maybe it could explode, too, as well. That's a good point. Uh, let's see. Hold on. On uh, the roof, girl, it's still going to explode on the building. 
I know, right? Exactly. But, but I see what they're saying. I just Jeez. felt like she, I felt like she didn't want anybody watching her get all mad and upset. But the I emotional agree. explosion. Right, exactly. It. But I agree. She probably probably could have exploded. You know, Villanelle's not above bombing. And um, uh, yeah. So yeah, so shout out to ER's grandpa, shout out to Taylor. You know, we got started a little late, but thank you guys for joining yes. us. Yes, sure. thank you. Thank much you so much. Yes, we love to see everything you guys have to say. So thank you so much for tuning in um, and keep all your opinions going in the chat. We love it. We love when you guys talk to each other too. It's really, really cool. And I definitely look back at it every week and I'm sure Erica um, and Delia do too. So yeah, yeah keep that up. Um, so next, we're going to hop on over to Constantine. So he's at the wife's house of the man that Villanelle shot through the window in the car last week. So Erica, what were your thoughts on this scene? Um, like when it first started, did you know why he was there? And by the end of it, what were you thinking about what was going to pan out? Um, it, was a, it was a cool, it was just sort of, I don't know, it was kind of like a filler scene. I felt like it did give you some information in reference to the fact that, uh, you know, his wife seems so, um, you know, oh, like, I, you know, like, I guess his wife had no idea what he was into. Um, so in that respect, I think it was interesting. Uh, also, I didn't understand why she was like, so confused or whatever that she hadn't sent it to the person that he told her to. So that part seemed a little like convenient or whatever. Um, so, you know, it was, it was interesting, I guess. That's exactly how I felt Erica I was so bored and let me I just have to be honest I am I find myself so bored in Constantine scenes unless Villanelle is there like best scenes ever with him and Villanelle I'm just like bored I'm like what's going on but I know they're important and I know I just feel like eventually those scenes are all gonna add up like the filler scenes have to be intentional by the end they're all gonna mean something but right now every time I see him I'm like so I'm just so bored with his presence um but Speaking right. of that, scenes with him and Villanelle in the gondola, I think it was the gondola, um, you know, she's hopping up and down and then she's finishing his words, beating, to, beating him to what he's going to say. So I just, I don't know. I just love this dynamic between the two of them. And I know we've talked about that in previous episodes, um, but I definitely, I, I don't know. I seem to like those better too than the scenes with Dasha and Villanelle. Like I know it's like a mom dad dynamic, but I just, and they both serve their purposes, but I just love watching and um, Constantine on the screen. So what what did you think about their back and forth um, in this scene, Constantine and Villanelle? Um, I think it's really exciting and interesting to watch their play because even though obviously he loves his daughter, it seems like he has more of a father feeling towards Villanelle than he does really for his daughter when they show you know, so when they show scenes of Constantine with his real daughter and Constantine mm -hmm. with Villanelle, it seems like he has a closer bond with Villanelle, I guess, because they both know, you know, I guess everything about each other, more or less. Um, so, yeah, I think their scenes together are fun. And I think she does have an affinity for Constantine that she does not still have for Dashka. So yeah. it's interesting to see them kind of interplay. That's so true. And to be honest, I'm like, oh yeah, he met up with his daughter. See all the scenes with them. I'm just like, what? With Constantine? I'm like, oh yes, that 
but his daughter is fun. Like I do hope to see him and his actual daughter have more scenes. Um, yeah. Cause I thought that was fun too. Clearly it's different. Like you said, than Villanelle and him, um, which is more playful, but it is fun to see her sassy, savvy kind of low key attitude. It's really fun. So I wonder if she'll make any more appearances. I think it could be pretty cool. Maybe a prediction, uh, but the scene first kill scene in this episode, which was already enough way more than I wanted um, to me. This was, probably the best scene of the episode I really enjoyed it but it was I don't know it was painful to watch um but it was it was also like fun too to see them like chasing each other in the garden um so what did you think about this scene um and also another thing too is uh I love that at one point um when she was like you know confiding in Villanelle the lady she was like um you know talking about her husband being dead yada 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 and she says and Villanelle says uh but you're free now. Like, why are you upset? And she goes, I don't want to be free. I want a family. And then like falls into her and starts crying. And you could tell, like, sometimes they'll do, they'll plant these moments in these episodes where I think it's just a moment for Villanelle to really think, even though she's a psychopath, sociopath, whatever. But did you think that moment when she said that that had any symbolism? Um, and then what did you feel throughout that entire scene? What was that like? Um, it was interesting. I, I did feel like, you know, they gave you that moment where Villanelle was probably feeling the same way this woman was. Like, I want a family. And we know Villanelle is searching for her family now. So I think it was interesting the way they shot it where, you know, Villanelle, and you kind of see this when, you know, when she's with Felix too, like she'll have these moments with people where it really kind of shows her doing some sort of self-reflection, but it still doesn't take away from the job that she's doing or, you know, the fact that she's still going to kill the person. But she does have these sort of self-reflective moments where it seems as if she's really thinking about what's going on in her life as well as, you know, whatever she's talking to with the person. Yeah. And it's so crazy, Erica, because every time, I see a scene like this. You know, it's like they have it. Like you said, with Felix, the boy in the hospital last season, like every time you know what's going to happen, ship or a friendship together. And then you're just like, maybe she won't kill them this time. And then she does. And this time going into this scene, I was like, I know she's there to kill her. She's going to kill her. But then I started thinking, okay, yeah, they're going back and forth. They're, they're doing roars at each other. But I was like, is it, when's it going to happen? And then when she put the scissors down, I was like, she's still going to find a way to kill her. But there was a moment again, this show still manages every time in the middle of one of these scenes. I'm like, oh, she's not going to kill her actually. This might be the one time, like, do you think there will ever be a time on the show where there's a kill and Villano actually doesn't kill the person? Like she'll, whether she sent, she does it on her own and she's just being messy. Do you think there will ever be a scene where she's like, no, I actually am going to opt out of this. I'm not going to do it. Um, I thought there was a scene in, um, I don't know, was it season two or whatever when Villanelle, I think, or did she kill him? I don't know. Remember that scene where she's in the hospital and she's talking to the little kid? She snaps his neck. Oh, did she end up killing him? Yes, she killed him. And then she ran out, remember? And then she did that. She got in the little hospital thing and rolled away and was like, I need a minute. And the security guard was like, okay. I was like, no. (laughs) See, every time, right? Like, we're literally like, wait, yeah. she let him go, right? Because we see this moment and we think it's going to be okay and then it's not. So, I don't know. You yeah. guys let us know in the comments if you think she'll ever. There's a time. Not. I feel like there was a time where she there didn't kill the person, be. but I can't think of it at the moment. So, maybe she hasn't. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think 
eventually there will come a time where she won't kill the person, but um, yeah. I don't know. I have to give it more thought. I thought she didn't kill somebody, but maybe she killed it. Right. I'm telling you, I'm like, please let me, Might let happen. there be one, let there be one. Um, okay. So Carolyn, finally, she comes up in the episode. We're about who knows how long in she's finally, she finally makes her appearance and she's back with her daughter. So clearly we know last week she almost got shot in the head. She didn't, but she came home with the blood. Her daughter consoled her, all this good stuff. Um, But this is, it's just so complex with Carolyn and it just keeps happening and happening where I think like the mom's not giving anything and then her daughter comes and is trying to pull something out of her. But this is like a real breakdown with her daughter literally like on her knees, like mom, like you won't even say his name. Um, I'm worried about you. You're just going straight upstairs. So what do we think? about this emotional situation with her daughter, because we've talked about it, you know, how it's okay for people to handle grief differently and everyone's going to cope differently. But what happens when you're the mother to someone and they're also mourning that grief? Like, is she, do we think she's being a good enough mother? I mean, it's not a place to judge, but like, what do we <laughs> think she's offering? Like she doesn't, she can cope differently, but is she offering what she needs to her daughter? Um, I don't think so. But then I feel like, I don't think Carolyn um, invited her daughter to live there either. You know what I'm saying? I feel like her daughter decided to stay there and help her during this time of grief or whatever. So, you know, there has to be some give and take because they do, I think, grieve differently. Um, So, yeah. And then I, excuse me, you guys, I'm sorry if you hear in the background, like, there's an ice cream truck here. Yes. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Wow, I'm inspired to write a spec episode for Killing Eve. There's an ice cream truck and Villanelle comes and I don't know what's next. Erica, you're the, the real writer here, so. I know, right? <laughs> she, she, po- she poisons one of those red, white, and blue like uh, popsicles that I love, but yes. Um, Took on her feet. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I know, now I'm like, I really want ice cream. Oh my gosh. Um, so... Also, one thing that she said, I don't know if you, you don't have to have a comment on this, but one thing Carolyn did say to her daughter was like, I'm actually doing more than you know to help Kenny. She didn't say his name because she doesn't say his name. But what did you think about this? I was like, you're doing more than you know. I was like, no, you aren't. Are you? I mean, you're investigating his death, but like, is that more than you know? What did you think about that comment? Uh, I think she did mean it in that um, she's investigating his death or, you know, kind of the work that she's doing with Eve more than anything uh because i think you know that's sort of her undercover sort of uh connection so i do feel like that is um actually true Hmm. so uh you know so i think that you know because of her position she can't there's certain things she you know she just couldn't do publicly for um kenny since supposedly kenny committed suicide so um so it was an interesting kind of um, moment, I guess, there with her daughter. Yeah, very, very true. So now we're moving into the juicy scenes, which I loved, which is the end of this episode. I think it really picked up because like you said, it's kind of slow moving. They always kind of are in the beginning, but then they really right. pick up towards the end. So we don't know her name, I don't think, but I'm going to call her 12 Lady. So we meet or we see Dasha meets. So we meet one of, uh, we're thinking maybe the 12 or she works for the 12. We don't know, but- she comes and tells Dasha, interrupts her swim session and tells her, 
you need to drive a wedge between Villanelle and Eve. And I was like, phew, but I want more of this. I want to meet the 12. I want to see this. I love this lady. I want to see her again. I thought she was a great actress. Um, and I also love that Dasha looked scared of her. Like Dasha was genuinely scared of this dream. She was like sitting with her, or maybe she was just cold from getting in the pool. I don't know. She was sitting there in her towel or whatever. And she was just kind of like, Hey, like when she sat down. So, um, what did you think of this scene? Uh, I really thought it was interesting because I think she dropped a lot of, um, interesting sort of dynamics because, uh, like one, this woman seemed like her whole accent, like, was she British? Was she Russian? You know, like what sort of her background, where is she really in the whole I hierarchy of the 12? So I thought that was interesting. Also, I think the idea that killing Eve would cause too many problems does kind of make you wonder, okay, so the 12, while not you know, kind of like what we, what I've always thought is that, you know, that it might have ties to the MI6 as well as whatever's going on in Russia. So it just seems like, you know, um, kind of that same question is, is, you know, does everybody really have the same boss in the end? So, um, yeah, it was interesting. True. True. Oh my gosh. And now I'm starting to think, I'm like, is Constantine part, like, I keep going in and out of, I know he's not related to the scene, but I keep thinking, like, is he with the 12 or not? Like, I don't know. I don't know. And it's also fun to see the dynamic, too, where um, everyone has a boss, right? So you, just when we think we meet someone who's kind of the boss, like, like in the first season, of course, like, we think Constantine's the boss, and then you get Dasha, and you realize, and then we meet this woman from the 12, and it's just, like, every time you think, you know someone is a boss or is like kind of like the puppeteer you know there's someone above them and that's also like a really cool dynamic to see this introduced so I don't know I really like it uh but moving on to uh, the scene that broke my heart you I, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this Erica because I know you really not you could care less about Nico um <laughs> but what what were you, what was going through your mind in this scene and do we think Nico, I mean, I, I shouldn't say, do we think he deserved it, but it was a harsh way to die. What, what did you think about all this? Um, yeah, it was a tough scene. I think, like you said, to watch, it was really kind of upsetting. It was, I think, surprising that, you know, uh, that that was kind of the path that Vashka decided to go um, as far as, you know, driving a wedge between Eve and Villanelle. And I, you know, I mean, I guess the question is, will that even really work? Um, but yeah, it was, it was tough to see, you know, you finally get out there and think she has a chance and then to watch him die like that. So that was a, an interesting and a tough scene to watch. Yeah, for sure. The first time, because I know it loops back to it. We kind of see it from Eve's perspective. Then we go back and see it from Nico and Dasha's perspective. But the first time at the very beginning, when we see Eve pull up and then they're like, Nico, and he's off in the distance and there's like a pause. <laughs> I literally, because like I said, I watched this with my boyfriend. I literally looked at him and I go, oh my gosh, whew. I was sure he was about to get blasted in that scene, like killed clearly. I mean, I thought they were going like, to shoot him, but I was like, ooh, he's about to get blasted. And he's like, oh, there's still time for that. And I was like, you're so right. Holy crap. But um, I don't know. I'm just mad. I'm like, stop killing my favorite characters, like Kenny and now Nico. I mean, they're my favorite, favorite, but I just, I feel for them. I feel like they're sweet people. And so 
it just makes me sad. But um, all right, gonna throw it over to you for our special segment. Erica, what do you have for us today? Alrighty. Um, okay, and then before we do that, I guess shout out again to ER's grandpa and everybody in the chat. Thank you, um, ER's grandpa and Taylor, because they seem to be the ones um, chatting the most. And they love our idea of Villanelle selling ice cream. So uh, <laughs> we will have to write that. <laughs> All right, let me see. Okay, our special segment here, Women Who Kill, I guess is the segment, right? <laughs> That's what we'll call it. Let's see, hold on. Okay, so today we're talking about female, uh, you know, gangster assassins. So Damn. the person I'm speaking of today, <laughs> the woman I'm speaking of, or really actually, I guess more of a girl, um, Jakira Barnes. She's from my hometown, Chicago, and she's one of the most infamous female gang members in US history. After amassing thousands of followers on social media, so she's a new young, well, she was a new young and up and coming uh, gang leader uh, in Chicago. She was known as Young Killer after she was rumored to have killed her first person at the age of 14. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> exactly. Uh, she rumored her. Yeah, so it was rumored that she had her first murder at the age of 14. She was reportedly involved in up to 20 gangland, gangland deaths, amassing thousands of followers on social media, where she spoke about the deaths of friends and gang warfare. So she was very, she was kind of like, um, you know, one of those gang, uh, gang leaders who also likes to tweet. Okay, so, uh, so she's also known as Young Killer. And Taekwondo assassin and <laughs> took a Vilkira. Um, unfortunately, though, so she, um, unfortunately, though, she was killed or murdered in April of 2014, where she, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So she was shot dead, um, you know, in April of 20 of 2014. Wow. Six years ago. Um, yeah, so she was definitely, but even to this day, she's one of the most, um, actually notorious and famous, uh, gang leaders or gang assassins, I should say. <laughs> um, so it was interesting wow. and also, I guess, sad as well, because she's only like 13 or, you know, or 14 when she first, um, you know, when she first was getting started, but I think she was only, I believe she was, Let's see. She might have been 20, I think, at the time of her death. So she still was still. Oh my um, gosh. She still, you know, was still young and kind of just, you know, living that crazy lifestyle of shooting and killing, but also talking about it on social media, which, which seem mutually exclusive, but obviously they are not. So, um, so yeah, Jakira. Oh, wow. She is our female assassin uh, that we're spotlighting today. Um, although she did actually pass away on April 10th, 2014. Wow. A modern murderous story. It's like Chicago, yeah. the movie, but like yeah. set modern day at 20, girl. That's hard. <laughs> right. <laughs> they always kill me in the chat. So ER grandpa says, gang killers who tweet. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. That that should be the name of a show. um, Yeah. Wow. Okay. This is crazy. So thank you so much for sharing. Love that. Thank you, Ia Grandpa. I love all your comments every single time. Um, But okay. So we'll get to news and predictions or news and gossip next week. Uh, There wasn't that much this week, so we can just skip over it. But we'll go straight into predictions. Let's cue up prediction music. And now, your After Buzz TV. Uh, okay, so predictions for me. Um, I would say that uh, I know when the lady, the 12 lady came, she said, or Dasha said, they want to meet Villanelle. And so I'm thinking that maybe we'll get to meet the 12. And of course, last week I predict- predicted that um, Villanelle was going to meet her family. So maybe we'll get to, it'll be like a meet the family, we'll meet 12, we'll meet her family. We'll see all of that. And then also, like I said, there's a little bit of news and gossip, but um, a lot of uh, gossip that was happening out on Twitter is people saying that Villanelle is going to find out, or I'm sorry, Eve's going to find out that Villanelle did not kill um, her husband because of the little note card that Dasha left. Um, Mm -hmm. It had her fake handwriting on it. So I think that um, Eve is going to be smart enough to know that it wasn't actually uh, Villanelle's handwriting. So that could actually be a thing that happens as she figures it out. So hopefully it won't tear them apart. Um, we'll see. What do you think, Erica? <laughs> uh, let's see. So I agree. I think, um, let's see. What did they say in the chat? Someone brought that up in the chat that they said, uh, uh, okay. Oh, no, no. ER's grandma says he thinks um, that Eve will think that the note is from Villanelle. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. Like, I feel like initially she's going to be angry at Villanelle, but I think someone in the chat mentioned um, Eve and Villanelle teaming up by the end of the season. And I feel oh, like, geez. I do feel like that could probably happen. That seems like that could be a thing if, um, if they're united against a common enemy again. So I think that could be one thing. Um, let's see. The I'm other like thing I think is, uh, oh, so Constantine. So I'm pretty sure Constantine is sleeping with the daughter. So that's what I think. Constantine is sleeping with Carolyn's daughter. Oh God. And so, yeah, so that's what, that's what, that's what Carolyn meant by like, you don't tell me everything. Cause why was Constantine just walking in their neighborhood? So I definitely think that they're sleeping together. And I feel like when she broke down crying, it's because she feels guilty for sleeping with Constantine. Cause she knows this piece of her mother back in the day. Oh my God, I'm going to throw up. Um, so, uh, that's one thing, but I do feel like somehow Constantine is still sort of going to use Carolyn's daughter against her or whatever, outside of the London bus magnet. And, uh, that's it. It's here. (laughs) Gotta throw it out, y'all. All right. Those were great predictions. Everybody out there. Thank you so much for watching. Comment, subscribe, click that bell notification so you can see every time we have an after show. Um, Thank you so much for being here again. Erica, where can they find you? All right, you guys, you can follow me on all of my social media at Erica, E-R-I-K-A-D as in door, Edwards. Yes, and you can find me on Twitter at Hot Mess Mia, on Instagram at yours truly Mia, and also on the Insecure After Buzz TV show. So thanks again, y'all. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Bye. All right, ciao for now, folks. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. 
Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.